Welcome back, welcome back. That's a little nicer way to end off the game. Feeling a little better than we did the other day. A little better than yesterday. Better about the boys. Better about lots of things. It's a good day to be a Leafs fan. Today is a much better day to be a Leafs fan than it was 48 hours ago. Let's put it that way. I have a fun little uh, video that kind of echoes the sentiment. You know, We'll start with that. Sometimes you feel like there's no hope left in the world and then you see something like this and you go like, you know what? We're gonna be okay. We're gonna fucking be okay. <laughs> so uh, for, any, for anybody listening and not watching, there was somebody commentating on um, an interesting use of a toaster that I've never seen before. I gotta say, this is a good hack. You take uh, some cheese and some ham and there's a method of folding it up into a pocket type um, I don't know, sandwich like thing. Really tight wrap. A, yeah, it's like a, a wrap sandwich. It's folded over and you pop it in the toaster and it makes a nice, nice melty ham and cheese. But uh, I mean, really, we're going to fucking be okay. <laughs> That's the main takeaway from what we just saw right there, right? The Leafs were that nice, sweet ham and cheese wrap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yes. I don't even know where to start with this because like there were so many things that I wanted to see improved on from the last game and all of them got better. So it's like, holy shit. It's kind of the same as like the other night. Like we really didn't know where to start on there because everything was so ass backwards that we're used to. Like it just kind of blew your mind a little bit. And tonight's the same way, right? Every it's just in the opposite direction. Yeah, I'd say the only thing that's consistent between the two games is uh, the power play was pretty good. Power play was very good tonight. There's a, a lot of good puck movement. I love O'Reilly on the power play too. Like that guy makes such a big difference out there. Oh yeah. Huge difference all around from everybody. It seemed like they uh they shook off all the nerves from game one. Didn't let it get to their heads. Uh I just I love that the guys rallied together to uh to change the narrative here because man, it, the media ran with them losing that first game badly. As they do, like the whole season was just leading up to this playoffs, right? So once you just crash and burn like that in grade one, uh, game one, it's obviously going to be gloom and doom in Toronto media and Toronto streets as it was. And even to touch back on the power play thing, welcome back vintage Morgan Riley. Oh my God. It was so good. It was like what we wanted all season from him. And we're like, Oh God, is, is Riley falling off? Is he, is he hurt? Is he in his head? Like, what's going on? I don't care. It was 82 games that don't matter. This is it. <laughs> he's he's on, boy. I love it. His, his speed, his decision-making, like going back in the corner and everything with the right time or just passing over. Like, oh, he was always making the right play. Like, he looked super confident in what he was actually doing, which was a departure from what he's been doing all season long. Hell yeah. Uh, little fact before we hit the intro here. Leafs got uh, more five-on-three power play opportunities in the third period uh, (laughs) than they did the entire 82 game season, which is just absolutely bonkers. There had to be a bet on that. and uh, That's insane. You would have got rich if you bet that because Toronto's obviously an offensive loaded team. Sorry. (laughs) Do it. Do it. Address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now your starting lineup, Roscoe, 
The Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. So I guess Steph uh, is looking for a charger right now. Left her phone <laughs> with a bartender for the whole third period and it didn't charge. So Steph was out at the tailgate tonight, won some tickets to get to the uh, the fan zone there to watch the game from the outside. I'm not sure. I don't know what this really was. What is this thing? I'm not entirely sure. It kind of sounded like she didn't really get into the main spot, maybe like an overflow spot. But we'll have to. I would love to ask her. Hopefully, she finds a charger. Yeah, because that'd be cool. So anyway, we'll we'll, we'll maybe hear from Steph. She's <laughs> at nine percent. So. Uh... Yeah. Oh, oh but oh, speaking oh. of the here's Hey, that was like that was literally perfect timing. We we're just like, oh, I wonder if Steph's gonna come on. And here he is. Well, I'm not the fanalist. So, uh, but, uh, and I'm also not nearly as blue. Yo, <laughs> I saw a Boston Pizza commercial after the game, and uh, their slogan was "Powered by Fanalytics," and I'm like, oh. do I gotta? I gotta get the lawyers out, man. Next, you'll hear that the, uh, the Athletic used it first in an article from 2014 oh. about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Literally, oh lick my, my entire chocolate starfish. All right. Oh my god! Shout out Fred Durst, who also looks like Brian Elliott. Yeah, if you know, you know. <laughs> Holy shit! So. uh Dirty. Did I did the catch the game, all right. But I'll tell you this: is that Attaboy. every time I come on this show, as of, as of recent, I've realized I'm not. I before in the past, I tried to be as analytical as you folks, and because I'm a dad now, and I can't like this entire thing. I was I was holding my son, and he was doing his own thing, and then he was watching the game a little bit, and then he shit his pants, and then it was bath time, and then it was change <laughs> time. And I'm like. God damn it! I have I, I have no time to like you know have any meaningful exchange or thought on this game besides like you know the obvious. And so I just want to apologize to the fans. Which goal made him shit his pants? <laughs> I want to apologize to the fans for the last show because I got a little heated, and I'm only apologizing to the fans because they didn't need to hear that. But I'm not apologizing to who I directed it to because Corey Perry, you're still a piece of shit. Wes McCauley, you're still a terrible ref, and uh, Chernak, I'm sorry. All right, I hope you get better. Okay. But we, we don't need five analysts on this show. What you bring is invaluable, and none of us really bring that. So, Darty, keep bringing. But didn't that I say that I encouraged them to throw shit on the ice? And what do we do, Hattie baby? Hats were raining. All right. So, <laughs> hey, well, that's, that's a what good you point. meant by it. Like you weren't talking about beers or popcorn. You obviously meant hats. Exactly. All right. And you know what? People love it when you speak the truth. I've seen the. I've seen the tweets. I've seen the comments. The reviews. <laughs> Darty speaking the truth. That's what they want, man. Oh, I love you guys. I love the Leafs tonight because, uh, holy shit. <sighs> Let's start with, like, the first period, I guess. That's a good place to start. So um, the Leafs were literally 47 seconds into the game. Mitch Marner with a fucking beautiful goal. This guy just last last game he was one of the ones that really really didn't look like themselves tonight mm-hmm. it was like back to 100 point marner and then yes i'm saying 100 points because i still hope they can test that one point that he should have gotten as an assist to put him from 99 <laughs> to 100 
yeah, he looked amazing coming out. Like, the whole team did. This was obviously a statement game. The pressure was immense on these guys. We waited a whole regular season for this. They completely shit the bed last game. And they came out and they answered every critic, like, every question. Marner on the point for there didn't even look for a pass. Just clapped it. And that was a beauty shot, too. And that kind of set the tone for the whole game. Yeah, it's somewhere that he doesn't usually shoot from. You know, really caught everyone off guard, especially Vasilevsky, which we love. Uh, and it's the first shot of the game, which for about five or six minutes was the only shot the Leafs had, which makes uh, Vasilevsky's numbers look real bad in the first period. And I love that. The sieve. Andre Vaseline. Yeah. <laughs> well, the sieve. Well, you know what? That. Wasn't it? Wasn't Miss Miss Frizzle who said to uh, who you might look like a little bit right now, by the way, Roscoe, with that hair? <laughs> I know. So was it uh, yeah. you know, t- take chances, make mistakes, get dirty. All right. I'm pretty sure she said something like that. That's and it. uh it's what the boys need to do. All right. They need to get hop on the magic school bus and fucking, you know, blow these guys out of the water. And there's a lot of things that I think were unleafy tonight that we got to see. And I want to keep seeing it. You know, like that's sometimes you know, these guys get a little too secure. They get a little too uh, I guess caught up in their own way. Oh, the lights went out. And uh sometimes it doesn't pay off for them, right? Sometimes you got to take those chances that like they scare you, you know, like Morgan Riley tonight was playing like he was a 14 year, 14 year old. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, we talked about last game on the the topic of who's going to come in to replace bunting. Um, The fact that the Leafs had the confidence to lean into their own system and not try to answer what Tampa was doing and not, you know, bring out Wayne Simmons and try to go toe to toe fighting the whole game and try to piss them off and replace bunting with another, you know, physical, uh, annoying player. They throw knives in there and lean into the skill and size and, and, uh, puck control that they've been leaning on all season and it worked for them. And that's a level of confidence that they just did not have in the last game. So I, I like to see that they, they stuck to what they know instead of falling into the trap. Sally, do we still have you there? Uh-oh. You still have I think me? We lost Sally. Okay, that's good. I, I was worried too because last episode I was just going bonkers. So, you know, you were chirping me earlier uh, about my internet, and I'll tell you, it is it is shit. All right, <laughs> I felt bad. It was like one of those insults where you're like, yeah. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> my inter- my internet's bad. There's nothing I can say about that. But what I, what I can say is that uh, there's just like uh, there's so many moments in this game where I was worried that the Leafs were going to blow it. All right, like there was like oh, oh you know even at three nothing you're like oh well it's still there's a chance you know it's three one right like it's you know even it, I hate when fucking guys like Corey Perry score you know and I can't wait to get to the point in this episode where we talk about that rat but. It's just, I really felt like they didn't let off the gas the entire game. There's, I said, there's a few moments of, you know, they're going to, we can't, we couldn't expect a fucking shutout from, from them. All right. We just couldn't, it wasn't, it's there. It's Tampa Bay. They're too fucking good. But what we, what, what we did damn well deserve was them to not give up this game and to keep fucking fighting and to, to not let off the gas. And it showed every single play, even when there was like a little bit of sloppiness, they got back up again and they went out there and fucking shoved it down their face. Yeah, I mean, you saw in the uh, the second period there where the Leafs just had control of the puck for what seemed like 90% of the period, even though the goal came when they did turn it over. 
it they it didn't shake them right like it, from three one it didn't all of a sudden oh three two three three like you know everybody was clenching to not happen they they held on and really just went back to like I said before dug into their system play what they know instead of falling into the trap you know don't let Tampa dictate the game because it's the way that they've won two cups in a row before uh, last year right like they know what they're good at it's pissing people off and scoring goals. So if you don't let them piss you off, they and that score. puck possession, you, you mentioned that uh, you know we we talk about it a lot. We've talked about it a lot over the past five years, uh, five five plus years. And the one thing that I always tried to mention, you know, whether I was on the show or just uh, casual fans that I meet at the bar, is that like there's a difference between you know you know they always talk about oh you know puck possession wins games right but there's a difference between playing patty cake with the puck and actually using that possession for for real scoring chances and this game they actually you know I was always yelling shoot shoot why they why can't they fucking shoot well this this game they actually took those chances they really focused on on um just getting the puck you know pucks in deep puck in the net and at the same time the only time that we really saw their casual patty cake play was the last was the last power play like at the end of the game where it didn't really matter because it's already seven two so yeah honestly they, they like you said all gas the whole game they they didn't let up they didn't uh, <laughs> I was just waiting for people to start talking about when they put the the first power play out for the five on three when they were already up like six two it's like oh are we gonna hear like how this how they shouldn't be doing this right now but uh, no I'm glad they stuck to it the whole game and um. They were like back to the puck moving thing. Like they're really generating chances that they don't normally like. Usually it's just you see the same people sitting in the same spots waiting for a shot. But there was a lot of things coming from really um, like down on the goal line and uh, behind the net and and just really finding opportunities creatively that you weren't used to seeing them do on power plays in the past. Welcome back, Sethi. Oh, sorry about that, gentlemen. That's okay. You're making me work here, Sethi. <laughs> Trying to get all the crayons out of my brain. Like my Simpson. Just... So, um, John Taveras tonight picking up a hat trick with a, a goal in each period tonight. So, uh, as one of the first uh, comes from Morgan Riley, who's picking up his second assist of the night. Like we said, this guy's playing like he's back in his rookie years again it was so great to see uh both of these guys just really unlocking another level of youthfulness that i think everybody was doubting they still had this i'm year. not gonna lie i talked a lot of they were doubting it like twitter was no, go for it so i was gonna say twitter was hating on tavares today calling him not a great leader just like a terrible captain couldn't figure out why he was wearing the c and i don't agree with that sentiment at all but like he definitely shut them up yeah, I mean, I know there's been times that uh, I don't want to say it's warranted, but like maybe there's stretches where he hasn't looked like an eleven million dollar or whatever it is we pay him, but ten million. But man, the guy is a leader, and he proved tonight why he has that C. And yeah, I don't, I don't give a shit what anybody says. He's my captain. It's just like some nights he's out yeah. there, and it feels like he's like you know, I was gonna say Sleepy Joe, but I guess Sleepy John. You know, he just <laughs> doesn't seem like he he's really focused on the bigger picture of the game. I don't know. It's just the way it looks. I'm not, I don't fucking know what goes on in his head. He's obviously an $11 million player. He's been in the league, you know, he was an Islanders legend. No wonder they're so pissed off at him leaving. But uh, it's like, he said some nights though, when we, we, he does, 
it, it almost said he has like it seems like there's geriatric moments there, and it's weird to say because the guy's what he's not not even <laughs> that old, but he's he's barely in his thirties. But still, it's like you know we do expect this dynamo, and we don't often see, we don't see it at the time. You know, we take it for granted, right? We definitely do take John Tavares for granted. And tonight was one of those nights where we saw the dynamo. We saw the guy who you know is worth every fucking you know penny out of that eleven million. And I wanted to say that that same thing applies to Morgan yeah, Riley too. Like I did, I, I was very critical of him last game and you know, he put, he put his money, he put his money where his mouth is, you know? Yeah. I think the thing with Tavares is he's, he's good in a unique way. So it's not the same star qualities that you see in the majority of elite scorers. It's he plays in a smarter, slower way that I think people just aren't, used to watching so it just it doesn't look as flashy but the guy still yeah. puts up the the results so it's really not that it's hard to argue that he's he's not he's fantastic. seventh in the league in faceoffs which is massive if you're doing faceoff setoff plays and and what he does is he operates in small spaces right look at all the moves he's been doing tonight like all his assists or goals that's always what he's doing just find a tiny little bit of space because like you said he's not explosive he's not a mcdavid or a dry settle He'll never beat that. He's just too slow. But the way he thinks the game and his positioning is just so smart, and that's what he really brings to the table. Yeah, honestly. Um, somebody else who brought a lot to the game tonight, like we really hoped he would, was um, Matthew Nyes, who I want to talk about for a hot sec. This guy's a big boy. What's that, Darty? I think you're muted. Oh, <laughs> you're muted. I, I do that for your pleasure, all right? <laughs> I'm muted for your uh, pleasure. I was saying Maddie Knives, like, you know, like the dagger. Maddie Knives. He looked. The dagger, that's a great name. Yeah, for he looked like an assassin Knives. out there. Like, I he like was just, that. Like, he just had that. He almost looked animated in a way. Like, you know, he almost, you know, he looked like AI, like, like T1000. Yeah, it's uh, the size and and intelligence that he brings is just so welcomed to this team. You know, it's like having another Ryan O'Reilly type where, you know, they just always come out with the puck and make smart That's so decisions. funny that you say that, Johnny, just the way you said it. You're like the size and then you're like the intelligence. Like that was totally a dig at Bunting, whether you like it or not. Because <laughs> they fucking boneheads. Well, yeah, because... He provides something that Bunting will never provide. Like his skill ceiling is just infinitely higher than Bunting's. His board play is so much better. His creativity is off the charts compared to him. He's just an upgrade in every single way. And yeah, he took two penalties tonight, but they weren't bad. They were just kind of like uh, amateur. The first one wasn't slashing call. He didn't touch his gloves or anything like that. He did aggressively stick check him, but it was. Like, he didn't get in the hands or anything. No, and then the, the slash was kind of the same thing, where he just, you know, was trying to get open there and get a stick out of his way and got a slashing call for it. So, and th- it's the way that he reacts to them. He's just like, are you fucking... Now, hear me whatever. out. Like, like no no headman, no Chernak. Uh, who's the other son of a gun who was missing? There's three, right? Um, uh, I think it was just the. T- oh, yeah. So Asimov? you got three guys missing now. Like, you know, 
especially Chernak, like, is that like, and Hedman too, like, like how uh, are we taking that with a grain of salt or is this like really fucking impactful? Right. Cause again, you've got, I know Maddie knees is, you know, in a legend in his own right, but not, you're saying like Nyes is, uh, you know, I think that, you know, he can be a, di- I, I, he absolutely was a difference maker this game, but having those three guys out and then bringing in, you know, Nyes, I feel like, you know, it's a recipe, it's per- the recipe for this game, right? I'm, I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that having Hedman and Chernak out <laughs> is going to create uh, a lot of uh, fucking mix up for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, they were obviously unable to uh, keep the Leafs out from in front of the net, which is where a lot of these things came from on Vasilevsky. Like, he's a great goalie, and the fact that they were able to break him, it's just, I don't know. I think that speaks to the fact that he's usually got defenders that are aware of his weaknesses than can protect them. Yeah, and like to the point with those know. guys out, it, it, Ian Cole's got to play. 24 minutes compared to 17 now. So it's a trickle-down effect for Tampa Bay's defense, and they're not used to playing those type of numbers. And with Nyes on the third line like this, it just gives a whole different dimension to the offense that Keith can unleash on this, guys, right? Like, you don't have a top two scoring line and a bottom two checking line. Your third line all of a sudden is either checking or a very good scoring line as well. Yeah, and the other thing, like to the point of um, defenders deeper in the lineup playing more minutes for Tampa, it's like we saw where they were. Some of them were stuck on the ice for two minutes at a time. Like there was back to back shifts there where they got them out there for two minutes. Like so, these are guys that are less skilled that are getting stuck, and then they're getting more tired. So you have a already depleted defensive core that's exhausted. So the Leafs were really able to take advantage of how uh, shorthanded Tampa was, and in a Smart so way. if Bunting and Chernak are not coming back, because I don't know, they don't have, I don't think there's any updates about Chernak, but let's be real. Like with, with what we see now, I don't think Bunting's coming in the rest of the series. So if we're saying that, you know, it's like a pawn for a pawn, who would like, do we owe Bunting? Was Chernak really that value? Like, you know, because it's about, we're talking, when we talk about Nazem Kadri, I was saying, I was mentioning this somebody that like, you know, caught, you know, did Kadri would have looked a lot better visually if he had Matty Knees waiting in the stands to, to, to take over, right? Like if, if, if the trade off was, you know, you, you, you lost two, two players from, you know, one from each team, but we get to put in Matthew Nyes and not have to think about, oh, where are we going to put Bunting? Where are we going to put Nyes? Where are we going to put Kerfoot? Where are we going to Yarncroc? Like, who who loses? Does Tampa lose more because they lose Chernak, or do we lose more because we lost Bunting? Like, you know what I'm you know what I'm asking? Well, I think it's one of those situations where the decisions made for you, right? Like, instead of going back and forth on where to put these guys and who would give the opportunity to when, you know, does Nyes play in game one? It just it makes that decision for you. We can't play Bunting. It's not a matter of if or is he healthy enough. It's we're not allowed to. So, I guess Nyes is playing and he gets two more games because for some fucking reason that's a three game suspension of bunting. So, which I even said on the last episode, it's I not going to be three I games. Fucking, I didn't even waver on that. All right. So you guys, I don't, I don't think I get owed a beer, but like you owe me a beer. <laughs> yeah, you were right. You were right. And I, I specifically said that that was insane. But not if it's the Leafs, right? <laughs> well, no, because, Okay, let's talk about that for a sec. In the playoffs, the general rule, it's not written anywhere, but this is what has been, you know, the uh, the understood rule is that all the suspensions in the playoffs 
are half of what they'd be in the regular season. So to, if that's three games, then that's saying that that's like a f- six game suspension or unless they're rounding up a five game suspension. But like there was not a suspension this season longer than three games. And I looked through some of those hits and they were like intentional followed through from the other side of the the ice hits to the head, like elbow up through a guy intentionally. This was like throwing it from behind. I mean, go back and watch every suspension that was a hit to the head this year. They're all two or three games. And you're telling me this is six. And in the playoffs where it's like consequential, you're taking somebody that's on the first line. Like that's, I don't know, man. That seems a little excessive to me. I get where I'm not saying that it shouldn't be a suspension because you have to punish people for hits to the head. It's, It's an unsafe part of the game. But if this is what you're going to say that the punishment is for it, then consistently do that across the year. Because like if you set the standard, you know, don't deviate from it, especially this much, because it's just going to make people assume that there's a bias when, you know, there isn't because that's now, there's definitely been a lot of block rock and bone shaking hits um, in the, the playoffs so far. But I think that I, I, th- I think what the difference maker was, I watched it a few times and I'm still not convinced like about, I, I think I still believe a little bit that Chernick did hurt himself on, you know, I think there was theatrics on both sides. All right. And, and when I mean theatrics, like bunting, I think the three games here for me again, like whether as I'm just speculating, I don't a hundred percent know, but like from when I watched it a few times, even though I, I believe that Chernak sold it a little bit more than he should have. If we're looking at it and saying that didn't happen and Bunting just hit the guy, it's really like in my in my head that like I don't know why Bunting had to do the fucking karate kid shit. You know, like he did I think that's why it's three games. He did jump up a little bit. Because you're looking at other hits and they don't these guys don't leave the ice. They're just hard, mean, nasty. But Bunting like kind of did a little bit of a, a flutter kick there. You know, he kinda like did a little hop, skip, and a jump. And like whether he was trying to hit the guy's head or what he was just trying to do a little finesse move, like it really looked like he was, you know, he was like the karate kid out there doing a little hiya. And I think that's like, you know, if you look at it more times than not you're like why the fuck did you do that like are you doing it because you obviously are trying to hit him in the head and be a nut job like i don't know like i think that might have been the the kicker there you know no pun intended just because it's like it's like why is he jumping up i said like there's like the, those hits from uh like dumba and there's a couple hits in like what the minnesota uh not what else there's another game i saw there's someone like did a like fucking you know stone cold fucking bone crunching hit but it's like they didn't leave the ice. They didn't like try to do anything too crazy. They just got in the way and fucking Scott Stevens, the guy, you know, whereas in this case, like Bunting did do a little like, you know, hop, skip and a jump, which I think is just like, Hey, why the fuck are you doing that? I think one of the biggest differences too, is that like Sarek never touched the puck. It was never really around him either. He saw it going to the corner. He made his move to start going for them. And that's when Bunting hit him. So, the fact that it wasn't like a really hockey play, he never actually touched the puck. I think that's what got him to three games. I guess, but then like there's things this season, like the two-handed bat swings with the stick and Bennington taking people out into the boards while they're not looking. Like there's so many things this year that like they had the opportunity to set the standard of how they're going to punish like blind hits to the head like this, but they don't. And then all of a sudden they throw this out. So again, like I, I know you were um, disconnected there. I'm not saying it's right, but I think that's the logic. 
yeah, what I'm what I'm saying is like you're just kind of opening the doors for people to start screaming conspiracy by all of a sudden enforcing it by the book against the Leafs in the playoffs when like all season they've been like, eh, maybe not this one. It's like I get that it's you have to punish this because it's a dangerous hit, but like be consistent across the season and do it fair for everybody. Because like it's it like no one like says you can't draw the line, but nobody likes to have the line drawn on them. And it just seems like every time, every exactly. time they decide, oh, we're drawing the line. By the way, it's going to happen on a critical Leafs game and not anywhere else in the league. Just on the Leafs game so that everybody sees it, so that everybody knows. Well, fun fact, it's a little fucking annoying. All right? <laughs> it's just... Well, it's like... It's like with uh, Bria, um, what's her, or um, what's her, uh, the the Rosen, um, Dion oh, like, Rosen, yeah, oh, yes, how she was yelling, and the it's screams? like, of course that that the screaming is only allowed to happen for the Raptors game, and now that it's happened, it has to be outlawed. But we get the one time, everybody gets one, and that's something this team has to face. Like, despite all the past demons and everything like that, they already have to face. This is another thing that they have to overcome, and I think it's going to make the team stronger going forward. Yeah, and like we saw tonight, they really rallied behind bringing somebody new in and and not playing like they were scrambled. Like, I mean, we've seen a lot of lineup changes, and I, I know everybody was complaining about that, but I mean... Now, look where we are. We were talking if there was going to be an injury or something, but I guess here we are with a suspension and you got to juggle the lines again and, you know, nobody's thrown off. So advantages. No. And I think like the biggest thing from this game compared to last game, and I touched on this on the last podcast, is the gap control. Yeah. Like they had, they gave Tampa no room at all. And when they're forechecking, there was always support there. It was, everything was tight knit. It was well thought out. It was structured. And their feet were actually moving so much more this game than it was last game. Like last game, Tampa came on and they just had so much room to think, to pass, to wait for the guy coming up. The gap control was complete garbage. And I think, you know, despite all the goals and everything, this was the biggest difference. Yeah. And another big difference tonight is uh, Samsonov absolutely shutting the net down. Like his rebound control was amazing. He was taking morning skate and that's all he worked on for 20 minutes and it paid off because his rebound control was excellent. And honestly, it felt like they took the last game and marked down every single little thing that was off and focused on those things. It was like, we know what we're doing, but like, what did we do wrong? Okay. This, this, and this great. Let's fix that. We know, we know how to do that. Just do it. And I felt like our defensemen weren't as tangled up this game as they were last game. There were there was moments, but again, I think that's because like when you're in a game like this, you know, and we're being as offensively um, overpowering, uh, the guys will bite a little bit harder than they need to. But you know, the only thing I don't I said the only thing I didn't really like about this is letting that worm score. (laughs) It would be. You know, that's another thing that I think is weird, too, is, like, I don't think that Tampa's getting as much from their, their top guys as they they need for a team that uh, is as, you know, supposed to be as offensively powerful as they are. So that could be something we got to look out for in the next game because I, I didn't really see much of it in the last game either. You know, more contributions from, from Stamkos. Yeah, they, uh, I, I mean, they were really... No, go for it. These guys have 
made it to the cup finals three years in a row. That's a ton of hockey in that span. That's a lot of wear and tear, especially playoff hockey. Like these guys, whether they admit it or not, like they're probably more tired bunch than they'll let on. Yeah, I mean, all the time where you see people taking uh, injury rehab and getting surgeries and stuff, they've been playing all the way up for another like two months. So yeah, they're yeah. probably exhausted. But on top of that, it, it just, it seems like the Leafs defense have done a really good job of figuring out what Stamkos, Coach Robin Point do when they're on the ice. Like they're getting a little predictable because of, again, like how much hockey they've played. You have so much tape on these guys and, you know, the, just the same trio playing together. And I don't know, it's, it seems like they don't have the depth anymore to shake things up. Like with the Leafs where you can spread out Nylander or Marner or Tavares or whoever it is onto the first or second line, they're kind of stuck with a first line right now because of, you know, the injuries and guys that they've lost. It's, that's it. And, uh, you know, if, if that gets shut down, they don't have much of an option to go to. It was good to see Tanner Janot was healthy and back, but uh, Luke yeah. Shen kicked the shit out of him. <laughs> that, I was kind of surprised that Luke was going to fight there, but Janot just kept going after him. I guess at some point you just got to drop him, right? Yeah. The one thing I'm, I'm surprised on the fighting uh, front in this series is uh, what constitutes an instigator penalty? That's kind of what I was wondering on the Chano play, because he was, <laughs> if there's an instigator penalty, that's definitely what he was doing, because Shen wanted no business of that for a while. Well, yeah, and it was the same with uh, Nick Paul in, the, in game one. Like, you see these guys chasing them down and, like, pushing them, like, no, like, let's go, let's go. And it's like, what? okay, I guess we're fighting. And even with uh, where Hall, when he fought Corey Perry, it was like, he pushed him with his glove on still. And then all of a sudden Perry's gloves are off. And he's punching Hall in the face. He's like, what? Okay. Like, I guess we're doing this. Like, I don't understand yeah. how they're able to just say, no, we're fighting and force it on them and not get instigator penalties. Like what actually constitutes an instigation penalty? Just being Where's an obvious piece of shit at this point. Right. But like, again, that, you know, also just being that and then also being a leaf. I don't know. Cause like, said like if that was the case like perry should have been gone a long time ago um like even (laughs) i don't know there's a lot of bad eggs on that team you'd think that they would be getting instigator penalties constantly especially yeah pat maroon trying to put his stick in uh o'reilly's glove like that's (laughs) jesus christ what a goof i love here rule seven 0.11 0.11 instigator and aggressor instigator will be defined as a player who by their demeanor or physical or verbal actions is responsible for starting or causing a fight based on any one or more of the following criteria throwing or attempting to throw the first punch verbal invitation uh, instigation or threat first player to remove the gloves or throw a punch without the opponent's compliance okay so parry Distance That's traveled thought, to yeah. an altercation, attempting to throw or throw or continue to throw punches an opponent who has physically or verbally expressed unwillingness to fight. Um, somebody's in a defenseless position, aggressive attitude or posture towards an opponent, forcing their opponent to defend themselves by engaging in an undesired fight, which we also saw the other night. Like, so I, feel, I feel like with the really rule, though, it has to be rule, really it dirty. Like it has to be. Like, you know, you know, when they say pick on someone your own size, like it's you, it's got to be really lopsided, right? Because like, like even with, we, we, unfortunately with, you know, this, the toxic masculinity and all that shit, it's like, 
You know, these guys, like they're not like even Justin Hall, like that guy's got his face caved in so many times now, but like in mad respect to him, he always answers the bell. All right. Should he have to in a perfect world? No, but mm -hmm. like, I think, you know, they said the, 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 you know, the Gordie Howe ethos that like persists in, uh, in hockey. I don't think a guy like Justin Hall is going to, you know, I think it would, it would hurt him more in the morning knowing that he didn't take that fight versus saying, fuck it. All right, I might get my face caved in by Perry, but I'm going to fucking answer the bell. Now, again, is that necessarily right in today's world? No, but, you know, if he gets dangled around and, you know, he's like, hey, you know, teacher, teacher, help, you know, that's not going to look good either, right? So it's one of those, like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. This was Justin Hall's fifth career fight, okay? Fifth career fight ever. So the fact that Perry's gloves come off and he starts hitting him. I'm sorry, but like, is that? <laughs> I don't know, man. I get yeah, answering the to bell. Me that looked like, like instigating, but yeah, yeah, I think they just talked it up as kind of a scrum thing. But Darty brings up a great point. Um, a lot of people like to shit on Hall, myself included. I'll point out his bad moments more than I probably should. But this guy blocked three massive shots in the first period. He blocked a lot other ones after that. And like you said, this guy answers the bell all the time because he feels a lot worse if he doesn't. So this guy is sacrificing his body, and I'm pretty sure it's contagious to the rest of the guys too. So he's actually playing quite a valuable role, uh, role right now. So while I have it up here, uh, I said Justin Hall has now been in five career fights, one of them being with Corey Perry. Who are the other four people? <sighs> I know this is I really list one. one of them really we should hard. know because it was recent, but I just can't. It was gonna say one was this season for sure. I don't have the dates on these, but Came... one definitely was this season. Was it someone from Edmonton? Yes. Yeah, it was yeah, New John. Was it Nugent Hopkins? It was Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's yeah. what it was, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Nuge is Very a well I feel like Huge I've seen that guy difference. fight a few times, and he's a pretty dirty fighter because he's like he's one of those skinny guys. It's just like he's wiry, yeah. He's, he's a scrappy he's guy. One of those, like wiry he's gotta be. bitches. So he's yeah. That was a that was a bad. Like that was the first time we. That's like that's why I have this <laughs> idea of Paul getting his face caved in because he didn't win that fight either. <laughs> but he again, he answered the bell. Um. <laughs> I doubt he won the other two fights because these are big bad boys. He's a shit fighter. Let's clear the air right now. I, I, hats off to him for doing it, but like he's a garbage fighter. Um, he has fought Max Domi and Matthew Kachuk. Domi, I can kind of see Kachuk's. He's a tough guy. I'm watching yeah. all those fights. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure he's lost every fight. Done, he's I'm watching. In. I am watching. <laughs> yeah, me too. After this. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if there's... Can I see... Uh... Oh, yeah. So, Hockey Fight. I'll send you... Uh, I'll put the link in the description of this one. You can watch Hockey Fights. Oh, he also fought Andreas. Yeah, he's, he's also he's also a tough uh, tough guy, if I remember. I've really? seen another Athanasio fight. There is actually one from him against um, Utica in the AHL that you can watch. There's a video of it from 2015. It's on this hockey fights uh, list, but yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty sweet. Oh, and he fought Scott Sabarin. Maybe in why uh, wasn't that on the list? Like minors or something? I don't know. Really? Yeah. Oh, maybe was it 
Would that have been Marley's and maybe okay. Well, it says Ottawa. Uh, maybe what year? Oh no. Okay. Twenty one. Looks like yeah. Leafs. Was he getting? Was no, he getting healthy? Sure. Pre- okay. Oh, it was preseason. That's oh, why. Good old preseason fight. That's why it wasn't <laughs> listed. Cool. Well, good for Justin Hall. Honestly, I'm glad that all of the defensemen are uh, are really clicking in the playoffs here. I'm sad we haven't seen Lilligren, but I mean, I don't know if he's ready for the stage yet. Like, I think he could be. It's just he wasn't really that confident in his own play the last month or two, it seemed, like making a lot of mistakes that he wasn't making before. So, you know, maybe we'll see him later yes. in the series. But uh, for right now, I mean... Geo McKay, Brody Riley, Shen Hall. I uh, I don't see anyone dropping out. I like that group. Me too. Do you think there's a chance we see uh, uh, Lilligren at all this series? Oh, you did? Sorry, I just I'm, said I, that. Oh, sorry, you guys. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we were just saying, but like, oh, it's okay. It's it's hard to see like anybody in this top six going out for a game, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess one of the last things we should touch on here, um, oh, Zach Aston rescored. That was pretty cool. Um, but we saw some guys toss at the end of the game here. So, uh, I love this Pat Maroon going down the tunnel, still yelling at the refs, refusing to leave. And, uh, Pat, uh, Corey Perry also getting tossed from the box after we hear the, uh, Perry sucks chant. And we had a, a fan going at Tanner Janot in the box. Like the energy and level of pissed offedness from the Tampa Bay Lightning is just my favorite part of tonight. I mean, standing ovation from the crowd, all the towels going, like the energy was just fucking awesome. It was so good. Like, love, love to see that. It's usually, you know, a quieter building. Tickets are expensive. You get a lot of suits down there. But tonight it felt like the atmosphere was great. Yeah, and even Fridge was saying it's nice to see that, like, all the platinum seats were, were getting into the game tonight. Exactly. Which is, I can't believe you know, there was some, like, knuckleheads trying so. to start a fight with Janot in the box. Like, the, <laughs> where do they think this is? Like, fucking, like, 1999? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, you're gonna get like, pulled in Domi style. Maroon like sticking his stick in uh, in O'Reilly's glove, just like just classic fucking pest behavior. And, and that fucking worm too. The whole crowd chanting like to get him out of there. Like it's just and and you know what's so so stupid too. He's like he's like shouting. He's like shouting at like Hall like sit down, sit down. That's like that's like I got into a fight with some like kid like way back in the day, and he's like he's like go home. I'm like bro, it's my house. You go home. <laughs> what do you mean, you fucking moron? <laughs> like <laughs> I am home. To sit down, bro. You're in the fucking box. <laughs> you sit down, you fucking fool. And if I. I understand that he got his face caved in, but I'm pretty sure at the end of the fight, Hall was on top of fucking Perry. So I'm sorry, but you, you might be a power bottom, okay? Like, <laughs> I don't know. What to t- I don't know what to tell you, Perry. But like, I, I saw I saw the refs coming. You were at the bottom, you know, like uh, the came, not not that kind of come, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the refs were there. The refs had arrived. So we're uh, finishing anybody, the night. Uh, you know, a little bad ideas there. <laughs> 
Uh, Pat Maroon finishing the night with 14 penalty minutes, Perry with seven. I was doing the math before we hopped on here. There were 18 penalty minutes between both teams in the second or in the first period, none in the second period, and then 56 penalty minutes in the third. That is wild. Uh, Sergachev got 10, Cole got four, Bogosian had five, Janot had five, Stamkos had two, Paul had two, and then the other guys. So Lightning with 49 penalty minutes to the Leafs 23 tonight, and the Leafs going two for six on the power play. So, I mean, that's, that's the real crazy. difference maker. It's the flip side of, of the last game, right? Like the Leafs were getting a bunch of shitty penalties, and uh, Tampa was able to just run away with the game, and tonight the Leafs did the same thing. Fucking 12 giveaways? Are you serious, Leafs, to the Lightning's three? What are you doing? How did that happen? Yeah. I didn't see that notice. So, because I can't. I know. That seems very weird. Tavares with two giveaways. Oh, McCabe had three giveaways. Shen had two. Everything on my phone right now. But uh, same refs and linesmen are. No, no, no. No West McCauley tonight. Totally different it was, crew. Uh, refs, Trevor Hansen, Eric Furlat, Pierre Lambert, linesman, Libor Suchanik, Kiel Murchison, curiouser and Mark and curiouser. Hmm. For anybody. Hmm. I wonder if we see West, Mac- mm-hmm. West McCauley mm-hmm. again in the series. A bunch of people we don't I know. I hope not, but... Fuck. Fun little stat, Leafs are 0-8 when he refs in the playoffs with us. Yeah, like, the fact that I don't know the names of any of these refs means that they've never done anything to us. And I personally think you should know, like, as a casual, I know we're not casual fans, but again, we're not, we're not Elliot Friedman, all right? We're not being paid to do this. Like, only several of us are nerds. Some of us, we all know different things about different parts of this game. We're not all fucking mega, you know, galaxy brains here. Like, we're, you know, we're just all people who came together for the love of the game, and we all offer something different. It's, it just seems to me like, again, we're in this computer age where we can access all this information, but I still think it just seems weird when we know the names of the referees, all right? Just casually, we can talk about it to the next person and they know who we're talking about, you know what I mean? If I bring up Wes McCauley to anybody, they fucking know. And not in my 28 years have I ever known, besides Wes McCauley and Major, like you said, maybe Angel Hernandez, the name of referees and empires. And what is the commonality there, right? From me, a bum on the street. <laughs> on the street. Well, look, Carrie Frazier is known Carrie Frazier is known in Leafs Nation for making one one bad call or missing one one thing. The high stick. Exactly. One one thing and people know who he is. That's the different age that we're in now where we know Wes McCauley because of like a hundred things. To, to Darty's point, the best quality of a really good ref is you don't notice them at all. You probably shouldn't know their names for most fans. Like a good stay-at-home defenseman. When Hall's playing great, you don't notice them out there. And that's the same with refs. Well, I think that's the point I'm trying to make here is that, like, back in the, you know, like 30 years ago, we'll say, uh, there, I'd say that refing was at a point, or at least maybe it's the access to replays and things that have changed and, you know, people are noticing more of it. But it feels like the bar was higher so that, you know, one mistake from Frazier made everybody know who he is. Whereas now it's like, you know, it happens all the time. And we know who all of these refs are because it's such a commonality now that like these refs are having huge impacts on the game. Yeah, you're not wrong with that. 
Mind you, we're on a different age where everything gets tweeted right away, so the names are being thrown out a lot more, but still. Yeah, and like I said, the access to to replays and stuff is insane now, so it's a different time, different game. Um, Oh, shit, Colorado tied it up. Yes. It's great for my parlay. When it pegs up one, nothing in the second. Also great. What's your parlay tonight? Oh, I just bet on the four games. I had Rangers winning, Leafs winning, Jets winning, and Colorado winning. Every time I hear that, I think. Parlay! Parlay! Um, (laughs) (laughs) Parlay! So uh, let's take a question real quick. They're both kind of along the same lines here, and we have kind of talked about it, but not this part. So... This is from Leonardo Ronca and Mike the Fanatic. Thank you for sending these in. After the way Knives has... <laughs> it's funny, Leonardo called him Knives. After the way Knives played, um, Bunting ever see the ice again? And from Mike, can we all officially agree that Mike, Michael Bunting is a liability to this team? Love the guy, but when he's in the lineup, it's him versus the refs, and the refs always try uh, trying to one-up him. What a performance from the fellas tonight. So, I mean, look, we kind of started this last episode, and now it's uh, a bit of what you want to see if you're Leaf fans and what you don't want to see if you're bunting, which is your replacement doing well. I think we probably will see bunting in some capacity, playing on the bottom six line at some point. Um, Aston Reese had a great game tonight, but he had a terrible game one. So I think there are some interchangeable places on the bottom, but I don't think you're ever going to see them playing with Martyr and Matthews on the top line again. The, what Nyes brings, ooh. just he, he, I don't see it happening. I think Bunting is a good player. He's got value. If he can control his emotions, he's an asset to the team. But I don't think you're going to see him in a big role anymore. You heard it here. Breaking news. Hot take. Michael Bunting <laughs> is not going to be on the first line so anymore. So what you're saying back. is Alex Kerfoot has a better um, chance. So first line three Michael games. Is... Oh, no. No. Uh, no. No. So not, but... with two more games, that would put us at um, game five by the time Michael Bunting can come back, right? Am yes. Wrong? Yeah. So game five, he'd be back. So, I mean... He's going to be in this series again. So it's, uh, I guess, a matter of where he Look, plays when he comes back. So I'd like to see him in the lineup, but I don't know if you can put him back out there against the, this Tampa team. Like, it's one of those things where is it going to be, you know, putting him back out if against... If we know, Keith, we know like that the lines defense will change kind of based thing. off of the fucking tempo of this series, right? And we did, we're not up two games right now. We just lost a stinker 7-3, if, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, before this 7-2 victory. So in those next two games, anything can still happen, right? We, we're on our high horses right now. I'm not trying to be a negative Nelly, but at any, at any point in these next two games, if things start swaying Tampa's way, it becomes more physical. And guess what? If we have bunting in a game and he gets ejected, but he knocks somebody else out and that changes the tempo in a way that we need, Maybe that's where Keith, maybe Keith sees sees it being you know a risk that he wants to take putting him back back up there right so it really depends on on what sh- what Sheldon's thinking and I said the tempo of the game right to the it was very clearly 
the Leafs fucking ball game tonight. The Leafs, you know, everything could go right for us, which was not the case last game. And so, you know, as much as I think Maddie Nees was a huge factor, you know, Nyes is a factor, I still think that, you know, there was a certain rhythm to this game. And, you know, I don't want to say you can put anybody in, but the Leafs were winning this game, regardless of who we had on the ice. I think even if it was bunting still tonight, I think we'd still be winning this game. So... Mm Um, I don't think Nyes was going to be the difference between us winning 7-2 or us winning 5-2, right? I just don't. I seriously believe that we'd still win this game because there was a certain rhythm, there's a certain tempo that was, you know, that was set early on, and we fucking had it. It was not, it was not fucking Tampa's game tonight. But who knows? Who knows how it's going to be in Game 3 and Game 4? And that's going to decide where we find bunting in Games 5, 6, and 7. I think there's I some. Completely, I completely agree with what you just said, and I think you are going to see him come back. But he's going to be playing probably on a third line role. You're going to see Nyes boosted up to the top two lines and probably Yarn Crook back. But I don't think you're going to see him on the top line playing 18, 20 minutes a game. Which is it's not going to happen. I don't think. Like I think there is some truth to what you say about like you know it wouldn't be the difference between it being five two or seven two, but I I do think you can't discredit the fact that he draws penalties in a very major inconvenient way. Like he's not like draws, but he, he did draw he a penalty, penalties. right? He did. He did do good. So, he did do good before. It's he the did timing. Bad, right. So he can, but we've seen what is his reputation with the reps is right now. And with the players on Tampa. So, I mean, you can't discredit the fact that when he's out there, it might be, the difference between Tampa having, what was it? How many power play opportunities? Three. And, you know, maybe they have four or five. Like, you know, if they score on a, a power play early um, after they got that first goal, you know, say they get that first goal. And like I said, where the Leafs were able to keep their cool uh, after, um, what's his name, scored? Um, fucking. Oh, uh, Cole? Yeah, Ian Cole. You know, maybe Bunting loses. I'm not saying, like, I'm just, you know, making assumption here. But what if Bunting loses? Cool, they take a, a penalty, and then all of a sudden it's 3-2. Like, it's those little things where he becomes unpredictable that it's it's just, hard to tell you know, without I, him there versus with him there. But yeah. And that's the thing, like, you love and hate about him, too, right? Because he has to play on that edge. And exactly. He's going to cross it once no, no, in a no. while. It's, uh, I think another thing we're, we're, I'm, I'm definitely forgetting is, like, you know, I just in my head, I'm assuming this is a seven game series, right? It would be nice if it's only five. If it's only five, we're not seeing Bunton. You know, it's not it's not happening. I, I, you know, like if we're, yeah, but we have to anticipate the seven. But I'm saying, like, if you got to anticipate this, the seven game. Though. We're on game four right now. You know, we're talking on game four, and it's Bunting's coming back game five, right? I'm not wrong here. Bunting's coming back game four. Yeah, I don't even think you bring if 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 we're yeah, winning five. game five. You know what I mean? Like if yeah, we're going to game, game five, five, like you know, game five, we're done. We're not bringing Bunting in that game. Uh, you call me crazy. Yeah. No, so not. that's what I'm saying. Like, no, if, really, if, if you're up to the rhythm yeah. and the tempo of no. how these games are, are played. And my next uh, point here is that <sighs> this is very physical, right? Like what we, we, we can't, we can't sit here and expect that we don't lose somebody because Tampa has, and it sucks. I'm not trying to fucking bring this into the, into the, you know, like knock on wood, everybody, you know, 
hold hold your whatever your your stuffed animal your your hat but um, fingers crossed it doesn't happen but if you fucking think for one second that tampa is going to quit or let up on the physicality you are joking all right go give your yeah so so do not be surprised you if find it back on that first line because something happens right that's another thing is we can't you know it really fucking depends on how Tampa decides to answer um, at home and how they decide to answer with who comes back, right? Because an angry 75% headman is still, it's like, you know, I don't think that guy looks like a fucking serial killer. If he comes back, he's going to want blood. <laughs> and. Well, yeah, I mean, we saw Sorelli go down and, uh, and look shaken up tonight. So it's, yeah. look, uh, we've been fortunate that nobody on the team has gotten hurt, but Tampa is an example of how easy it is that you can lose guys. Right. So, you know, knock on wood, it doesn't happen, but look, there were 94 hits tonight between the two teams, 53 yeah. for Tampa, 41 for the Leafs. Like that's, it's a lot more than we see in the regular season. And I'm glad that the there Leafs showed that they were built for it. Who doesn't make a deep run, who doesn't lose a player here or there. So Dirty's absolutely right. Given that circumstances, he, he might make it up. But I think given the choice, he Keith would rather put Yarncrook up there or somebody else. So I think those guys would have to be injured first. Oh, pardon me. Yeah, Yarncrook <laughs> has been uh, fantastic, and I really hope he gets a better opportunity. Um, man, he's reliable. I'm an you hour and a half ahead. Of him. It's one o'clock in the morning. Give me a break. <laughs> got a little spook there. No, no, no. Don't worry. I got a little spook there. I was like, oh, muted. I had to look at my soon. clock, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's throwing me off man um so next up is uh game three we gotta at least split there i'd love to take two that gives us full command of the series but there's no way we can go to there without winning one do we think we see any changes uh lineup wise or it would be wise, to wise keep it defense the same, or just run it right though back. they do you I think, think you they might right tweak back. the defensive pairings a little bit um i think if anything you keep the d the same but switch up maybe who's where on the bottom six like I don't know. You gotta you gotta do something to throw them off, like especially when you win like that, and you know you can't just run back the exact same thing, or else they're gonna know what you're doing. There might be a bit of know. shuffling of the deck of players who play tonight, but I don't think they're gonna introduce anyone else to this lineup. Darty, do we have matching <laughs> bottles? Contigo, right? I got. I think. I think I got this. From <laughs> but yeah, buddy. Don't quote me on that. That's a pretty good bottle. Yeah. I just don't have the leaf exactly on it. I, the same. I got the yeah. leaf right here over my heart. Mine's got. You literally do. There you That's go. Funny. Do you have any more questions or no? We're done. All right. No All right. Questions. Well, okay. <laughs> thanks for hanging out. We'll be back next game. No, that was it. It was just bunting questions. <laughs> we just wants to know about Michael Bunting. Nobody cares about the win. Or. Big willy moments. Well, the Just, wins, they only care about, about bunting. Tonight. Yeah, if I'm... Yeah. yeah, nice to see Willie get on the board. 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, he's the one that's always shown up, and uh, I'm glad he's he's on the board now, man. Who do you think uh, here? Who do you got your money on for finishing the series with the most goals for the Leafs? I would I would honestly Willie. say William Nylander just because I've I've he's been strong every single playoffs. I don't think he's really wavered, but uh, with this hat trick, I think you might see. Johnny, I think you might see. I think you might see Johnny T taking a, a strong uh, push because yeah, you know again, tempo, rhythm. It wasn't necessarily there in the past couple series for obvious reasons, and I don't even know why I'm laughing, but it's it's just funny to think, yeah, like you know, Tavares wasn't there because it, he was probably injured and or you know we're still recovering after a year of an injury. But I think if there's you know if there's a year for you know him to be, you know, be the captain and really fucking you know. I am the captain now, you know. <laughs> this would be the year for him to just show up. It, and power play minutes too, yeah. You might be I think you're absolutely right, actually. It's probably gonna be Tavares, because if the power play keeps clicking, he's gonna bury a couple more there. Well, just to be different, I'm gonna say Mitch Marner. I feel like he might lead in apples. Who who would you who are you all agree is gonna be bobbing for apples this year? Morgan Riley. Yeah, Marner or Riley, maybe. Because, I mean, how many did... Because Riley had, what, four tonight, which is insane. Did he get four? I I saw he had three, but... Yeah. Wow. Good for him. It was four. That's so good for his confidence. Um, Oh, hell yeah. Matthews had two assists. Everybody else just had one. He had a really good game. I know he didn't score, but, like, he had a really good game. Oh, yeah. And then Marner with three points, two goals, and an assist. Like, the, oh, man. I think Marner could do the big it. Big boys came to play tonight. Dude. O'Reilly was fantastic, too. Like, what a difference maker that fucking guy is. Dude's a unit. Three stars of the game, John Tavares, Morgan Riley. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we did already, but huge shout-out to fucking Shen. What an absolute beauty. I did not expect him to come in and light things up the way he has. Like, again, yeah. because he's out in the West Coast – Correct me if I'm wrong. He was like, yeah, he came from fucking Vancouver, right? Like, yeah. Like, either, I don't watch a lot of West Coast games. He was kind of an unknown yeah. to me since he left. Like, this guy still got it. Like, he's <laughs> he, yeah. He adds a dynamic that no one else can on this team. Like, he, you say grit and stuff, but like, this guy is a huge boy down there. Like, he's intimidating, and actually, other teams are. Probably a little scared of him, and that's something the Maple Leafs haven't had in so long. Yeah, I mean, as as nice as it is to have puck moving defensemen and you know power play specialists and all this, but yeah, it's been a while since we've had someone that's terrifying back there. And oh my god, Luke Shen and and Jake McCabe too in these playoffs has awoken, especially in front of the net. Oh yeah, and between the two of them and Hall, it's uh, I like the defensive core that they've got down there, like defensively defensive. I mean, and Brody and Geo, obviously. It's just, I wish there were some some more offense from the D outside of Riley. Just without having Lily there, it's it's very defensive heavy. But hey, fuck it, you got yeah. so many forwards that can score. Sorry, you don't really just need last it. Point, the way I'm vibing with Shannon is like exactly right. it's like seeing your dad okay. go back to college. You know, it's like yeah, this is like yeah. round. It's like round two of him. This is like this is like his alma mater. Like he's been here, he grew up here. <laughs> so like coming back, it's like he's just touching the walls. You know, like. He's like, oh man, I remember, I remember when me and <laughs> yeah, when me and me, when me just and me really and Kat, appreciated Kat, it all we too. Fucking around over here, <laughs> we're just Tomash. 
<laughs> now we're neighbors. Oh, fuck yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. On to game three. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. <laughs> I, I just got a message. That guy in Winnipeg wait, is so wait, cute wait, from one of my friends. The, I'm like, ew, no, we don't like What is his name, Jesse Pollock? No, no. The one who kind of looks like Mitch Marner? Oh, <laughs> if it's Jesse, that's fine. We he Jesse's fine, but if it's one of the players, fuck them. <laughs>